the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. As you walk in the light, as you're just walking with the Lord in the light, as you do, it says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you of all your sin. Now that word cleanses there, it's in the present tense. And what does that mean? That means the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses you of all your sin. As you walk in the light, we still sin, we still fail. When you own your own sin and confess it, the scriptures say that God is faithful and he will cleanse and forgive you. The Lord desires to be in fellowship with you, and all you need to do is admit your sin and accept the gift of salvation. Pastor Dan shares with you in today's message that the longer he walks with Christ, the more he realizes that sin is deeply ingrained within his heart. And that is true of everyone. Masters of the heart, like pride and selfishness, will always be lurking. But with Christ, there is hope. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 1, as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. That fellowship that we enjoy with God, it will give us fullness of joy in our lives. There's nothing in this world that will provide joy for you that's lasting. Not the kind of joy that God can provide. And then he says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So if we want to have fellowship with God, we must be in the light. We must be in the light. We, we can't walk in darkness and have fellowship with God. Because light and darkness can't exist together in the same place. There's either light or there's darkness, but you can't have both at the same time. And so the point that John is is making here is if we are to have fellowship with God, we must be in the light. Because God is light. And in Him there's no darkness. Look look at verse 6. He says here now, if we say that we have fellowship with God and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. John's pretty blunt here uh, in verse 6. John is in his 90s. (laughs) And sometimes older people can be pretty blunt. Uh, they're not concerned about hurting feelings or offending anybody. And, and so John just says it. He says here, If we say that we have fellowship with God and we walk in darkness, we lie. <laughs> You're a liar. 
You don't have fellowship with God. He says here, if we say we have fellowship with God, if we say that we have a relationship with God, if we say, I know God, we say, I, I'm a Christian. If we say that. What John is saying is a person can, can claim to have a relationship with God or think they have a relationship with God when they don't really have a relationship with God. Again, he, he, he says, if we say we we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. What does it mean to walk in, in darkness? Well, the word walk, when you see that in the Bible, it, it, it's speaking of a lifestyle. It's talking about a pattern of living, the way that you live your life. And so let me just say, John's not referring to when we occasionally slip or we occasionally fumble or fail. He's not talking about occasionally sinning. He's talking about a regular practice. He's talking about a lifestyle of sin, walking in darkness. A person cannot live in what the Bible calls sin, or what the Bible says is wrong, or immoral, or ungodly, or compromise, and at the same time have fellowship with God. It's light and darkness. You can't have them together at the same time. If you're a Christian, if you say that you're a Christian, and you're living in a way that is contrary to God's Word, listen to me. If you claim to be a Christian, and you're living in a way that's contrary to God's Word, John says to you, liar, liar, pants on fire. You're wrong. You're lying. You are not in a relationship with God. You may say that you are, but you're not. Your lifestyle proves that you're not. And listen to some of these verses. Uh, These are the words of Jesus. Jesus speaking says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide and darkness. A, a true believer in Jesus Christ, a person who is a true believer, should not abide in darkness, should not continue in darkness. John chapter 8, verse 12. Again, Jesus speaking. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. A follower of Jesus shall not walk in darkness. So if I'm walking in darkness, that means I'm not following Christ. I may say that I am. I might come to church, but I'm not truly following Christ if I'm walking in darkness. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, God has called us out of darkness, right? Into His marvelous light. We used to walk in darkness before we knew Christ. Then we encountered Jesus Christ and He transformed our lives and, and He gave us new life. He saved us and we were born again. And Jesus called us out of a life of sin. 
He called us out of a life of bondage. He called us out of a life of falsehood and immorality and compromise. And he called us out of that so that we can walk in the light with him and have a relationship with him. It says in 2 Corinthians, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation and the old things pass away and everything is made new. And if I'm truly Following Christ, I'm not going to walk in in darkness any longer. A true believer doesn't walk in darkness. The Bible says anyone who names the name of Christ departs from their iniquity. They leave it. And what John is saying here is, is you can't have a double life if you're a Christian. Light and darkness cannot exist together in a person's life at the same time, any more than light and darkness can exist in a room at the same time. The room is either dark or it's light. It can't be both. Either the light's on or the light is off, and it's dark. And the same is true for a Christian in their personal life. You, you can't be walking in the light and walking in darkness at the same time. Now, look at verse 7. Verse 7 is a wonderful verse. But, here's the contrast to walking in darkness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And, that's not all, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all Sin. What a great verse that is, man. What a great verse. God is light. So if we walk in the light, we walk where he is. God is light. If we walk in the light, we walk where he is. We're in his presence. We're in fellowship with him. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us of all our sin. I want you to notice here, it doesn't say, if you walk a perfectly straight path and never slip and never stumble, the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you of all your sin. It doesn't say that, does it? Praise the Lord. It doesn't say that. It says, if you walk in the light... Listen, it's, it's not how you walk. It's where you walk. You walk in the light. You're, you're, you're not walking in darkness. There's no hidden sin in your life. There's no shady things that you're involved in that you don't want anyone to see. You know, we, we tend to do sin in the dark. If you think about it. Just at a... Think about sin. Uh, you think about a, a bar, for example. Lights are always dark in a bar, aren't they? When they want people to leave at closing time, what do they do? They turn the lights on and they scatter like cockroaches, right? <laughs> because we like to sin in darkness and walking in darkness where we've got sin in our lives that we don't want anybody to see versus walking in the light. And I'm walking in the light. I'm, I'm, I'm in the presence of the Lord. I'm in fellowship with Him. I'm abiding closely with Him. 
And as you walk in the light, as you're just walking with the Lord in the light, as you do, it says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you of all your sin. Now that word cleanses there, it's in the present tense. And what does that mean? That means the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses you of all your sin. As you walk in the light, we still sin, we still fail. We still blow it from time to time. As we're walking in the light and we sin, we fall short, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us so that we can continue to have fellowship with God uninterrupted. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Uh, you can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Notice what it says. It says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from most sin. It doesn't say that, does it? All sin. All sin. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us of all sin, and it doesn't matter what the sin is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you of your sin, no matter what it may be. And you may think, well, you don't, you, you don't know what I've done. And you're right, I don't know what you've done, but I know what verse 7 says. And verse 7 says, all sin, and all means all. Whatever your sin may be, the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you of it. Now look at verse 8. If we say, and this is what we're saying, it's not true, but it's what we're saying. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Now, I, I personally think that verse 8 is a very fitting verse for the days that we live in, uh, because today people don't view their sin as sin. People don't use that word to describe their actions anywhere. They don't think of themselves as sinners. Instead of, instead of saying sin, people today say, well, I made a mistake. Or um, it was an accident. Or this is just a struggle I have. People today will say, you know, I'm a good person. I'm not really that bad. Or I'm only human. Or nobody's perfect. And, and today, the big thing is to just uh, make an excuse. Make an excuse for your sin. And we don't call sin, sin. We don't say that this is wrong or that's immoral or that's ungodly. We don't call it what it is. 
And John says here, the person who says, I have no sin, is deceiving himself. The word they're deceiving, it's, it, it can also mean delusional. They're delusional. If, if you think you have no sin or that you're a good person at heart, you're deceiving yourself. Listen to some verses here. Uh, this is out of Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Not a one. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's why we all need a Savior. Isaiah 53 Uh, Verse 6, all we, remember all means all, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. We've all gone astray. We've all turned at some point in our lives to our own way instead of God's way. Uh, In Romans chapter 3, it says there's none good, no, not one. There's none righteous, not one, that we're all guilty before God. We all sin. And the reason we all sin is because we're all sinners (laughs) by nature. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so for someone to say they, they have no sin is to say they don't need Jesus, they don't need a Savior, they don't need the cross. Look at verse 8 again. Verse 8 says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The, the person who says, I, I, I have no sin or I'm, I'm a good person or, or there's nothing that I need to ask God forgiveness for. I, I haven't done anything all that bad. Says that person doesn't know the truth. Again, they may say that they know God. They may say that they're a Christian. But if they say they have no sin, they... They don't know the truth. And the fact is that, and and maybe maybe this is just my experience, but I suspect it's your experience too. Uh, The longer you walk with God, the longer you walk with Jesus Christ, the more you realize just how sin is deeply ingrained in your heart. Has anybody else gone through that experience? Brent has. Anybody else? (laughs) Right? You know, like when you're first saved, at least this was kind of my experience, when you're first saved, you know, it's like it's like the Holy Spirit immediately deals with the big kind of external sins in your life and removes them. And you think, well, I'm doing pretty good. Like I'm not doing all of these all this junk I used to do anymore. And I've, you know, I've straightened out my life kind of thing. The Lord straightened out my life. And he deals with kind of the big external things. But then after that, he starts dealing with your heart. And the hidden things. Like pride. And selfishness. And it seems the longer you walk with the Lord, the just the more you realize just, just how ingrained these things are in your, in your nature. And the things that when you were first saved, they were like a big deal. And I guess they are a big deal that, wow, like the Lord delivered me from that. I'm not doing this anymore and I'm not going there anymore. And you think, wow, I've, I've made, you know, I've come a long way kind of thing. But then you get down to the matters of the heart. 
It's like, man, why am I still this way? Why am I still so selfish? You know, in, in Paul's ministry, very early on, he wrote the letter of 1 Corinthians, early in his ministry. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul describes himself as the least of the apostles. 1 Timothy, Paul writes about 30 years later, towards the end of his life. And in 1 Timothy, Paul describes himself as the chief of sinners. That's growth. He's growing in the Lord where he no longer views himself as the least of the apostles. Now he sees himself as the chief of sinners. And that's, that's what happens in a believer's life as they walk with the Lord and the Lord deals with them. Now, look at, uh, look at verse 9. If you notice here, as we're going through this passage, it's, it's like one verse is kind of this downer verse talking about our sin, you know. Uh, if we say that we have fellowship with Him, and, but we walk in darkness, we lie. And it's kind of this downer verse. And then the next verse, it, it like lifts us up here. But if we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship with Him. Blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. You know, it's like this down and then up and then down. Well, now we're going back up in verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have, have you noticed as we're talking here about fellowship with God, a lot of it has to do with our attitude about our sin and what we say about our own sin. And what he says here in verse 9, he says, don't make excuses for your sin. Don't try to defend your behavior. Instead, confess your sins to God. That's what you do with your sin. You confess it to God. Now, the word confess, it means to agree with, to agree with. When we confess our sins to God, we're agreeing with God that what we did was sin and wrong. That's all that confession is. We, 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 we don't make excuses for it. We don't try to justify our actions. We don't blame others for what we've done. You know how we do that, right? Where, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have yelled, but you were really pushing my buttons and I couldn't help it. And then we blame others. You guys do that too, right? I do that. Who did that first? Adam did that first, right? We inherited that from Grandpa Adam. When he was in the garden, and God confronted him about his sins, did you eat of the tree? What did he say? It was the woman that you gave me, Lord. It was your fault for giving me, giving her to me, and it was her fault because she caused me to say. He blamed everybody he could blame that was in the garden. And then God speaks to the woman Eve, and what does Eve say? The serpent tempted me. That's the only other person left to blame, right? See, that's part of our sin nature. When we start blaming other people for our own actions, that's part of our, our sin nature that we inherited from Adam. And what he says here, though, instead of blaming others for our behavior or trying to justify our actions or make excuses or explain it away, he says we're to confess it. We're to confess it. 
We're to agree with God about our behavior. We're just, we're just to call our sin, sin. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. The book of 1 John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your almighty Creator, and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.